Hey everybody, what is up? It's Antonio. Welcome to episode 34 of Teach Play Disc Golf. I made sure to say that this time because last week, episode 33 with Sullivan, I did not do my usual introduction. And in the editing process, I felt super weird. I was like, oh, that sounds weird. So I made sure to say it today, but guys, we have another guest on the show today, and I'm so excited. Today's guest is a friend of mine who's been on the channel before, not so much um, talking to you guys, but more so talking to me. We got Cade Caps here. He's invested hours just talking form with me helping me improve it, uh, texting, videos, all this kind of stuff. And uh, Cade, so happy to have you on the show. You've been on the biomechanics video, the 11 tips that I published about a year and a half or so ago. And that video, I think, has helped so many people. I'm so glad to have you on here so that you can talk to the people themselves. Thanks for joining the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, man. It's been so cool just watching you grow. And I mean, it, you message me periodically and give me like form updates. And I'm like, dude, this guy's just making it right now, you know? And, and then it's Thank like, I, I, I always have so many compliments. And then we always just have like one or two things maybe to yeah. work on. And that's it, you know? But thanks yeah. for having me on here, man. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I always appreciate, you know, the, the, build up of confidence like okay i'm i'm going in the right direction but i always like knowing like okay there's something else that can be improving on and it's not even like a nitpicky thing but just stay like continuing to build and solidify the fundamentals it's super encouraging and it's always super helpful so i'm so grateful you're here man i really appreciate it um i'm gonna share we're gonna talk to you guys about a couple things today we have some questions from discord uh so if you want to do that, if you want to have questions for future guests, join my Discord server. The link is in the description. And uh, actually, before I get into the rest of the outline, I don't want to forget to mention, guys, We, Kate and I, class in session, it's the um, for members and subscribers. We had some amazing conversation about the entire backhand form, broke it down. We learned a little bit about how Kate got into disc golf. So you definitely want to become a subscriber and become a member to hear about some awesome tips that are exclusive for members and subscribers. We won't be talking about them here, but he breaks down some biomechanics on how to use our bodies, natural movements to throw efficiently, super, super helpful stuff. So make sure you join to get uh, access to that. Um, back to the outline, we're going to have the Discord questions. Then we're going to talk about another disc golf skill. And this is something that I actually thought about. Um, from watching one of Cade's videos, changing the way you do field work. You know, field work has this nasty connotation for some people. It's like, I want to go play disc golf. I don't want to be in an empty field. So Cade's going to talk about how we can change doing that. And then we're going to review what is currently Cade's favorite disc, the Infinite Discs Chariot. And that'll be uh, the episode, episode 34 uh, for this week. So I'm super excited, guys. Let's go ahead and let's get right into it. Alrighty, man. So from Discord, we got a question that I want to ask. This once again comes from Ryan. He is always asking questions for the guests on the show, and they are always phenomenal. Always appreciate your input, Ryan. So, Kate, hey, the question that I have for you, or that Ryan has for you, is what are some keys or triggers you think of when practicing your throw that everyone could use? Kind of like maybe like biomarkers like Tai talks about, or just things that kind of help you get your timing in place. 
For sure. So the main things that I'm always thinking about is how do I create an effortless or a push button throw? Because oftentimes we see all these different videos and we have five, six different swing thoughts in our head. And mm -hmm. I feel like that throws us out of sync more than anything else. So the concept that I always explain to people is your best throw is in there somewhere. That needs to be your default throw of whatever it's been, like you threw the straightest, the furthest, whatever your definition of, whatever you're working on that day. That's your default throw and your job is just to keep returning back to that. The issue mm -hmm. we do is we have that default throw and we have one bad throw and we create a connection back to that default. So or a connection or a correction back to it, right? So we say, oh, my elbow wasn't up enough or something like that, right? And then we have another bad throw and then now we've got two things that we're thinking about, three, four, mm -hmm. five. And eventually you get completely disconnected from this throw instead yeah. of any time that you're having a bad throw, bad throws happen. They happen on the yeah. course, they happen in field work, they happen in wh wherever, they just happen. Your job is to say, that's not who I am. That's not my, that's not my throw. And my job is just to return back to that, you know? And so the key things that I'm always thinking about is just returning back to that. I'll have literally, for, for me personally, as far as technique goes, I will focus on one thing for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks even, where I won't mm -hmm. really tweak anything other than like once per, per time there. Now, granted, I'm a little bit different right. than other people, but right. if you are focusing on multiple things, you're focusing mm -hmm. on nothing basically because you're not prioritizing yeah. anything. So the tip that I would give for everybody is just hone in on that one thing. Maybe it's the, something you saw in your video from last time and really just get good at that and figure mm -hmm. out how do I make that a part of my stock throw. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I'll, I'll jump in and say, like, as an example, you know, I've talked about this a lot the last month or two, you know, my elbow dropping on a lot of my on a lot of my throws. And that's having me uh, rotate too quickly and over rotate in my upper body. And then I end up losing all the momentum I've been building. And so one thing the one singular thing that I've been working on, and really just thinking about is keeping that elbow up and out all the way through my throat. And every time I um, have this, like you said, this ideal default throw, and I'm making the correction, I'm not, I'm trying not to think too much about anything else. And I keep coming back to that default throw, because it's just that one thing I'm focusing on. So that's a great tip. And because and you know, like, like you're talking about, there's always gonna be something different that we're trying to fine tune and refine. And so being able to break it down one at a time, I think is super helpful. Um, now anybody who's going to go and follow you after this on Instagram and everything, they're going to, they're going to look at you and be like, dang, this guy, this guy's got some muscle tones. I'm like, this dude is jacked. I mean, clearly he throws far because he, he hits the gym. He works out hard. He's in great shape. So that's why he throws far. And it's like, okay, definitely. That's going to be part of it. Right. You know, have, having good muscle, having good bod bodily training, but we see guys like Kyle Klein who just won US, USDGC and, you know, Kyle might do some working out, but we see different body stuff, body types and, and uh, fitness levels all around disc golf. So one thing that you mentioned to me is that you get asked a lot about this correlation between working out and disc golf. Do they, do they work together? Is it more about flexibility? So what are your thoughts as somebody who spends, uh, who has spent a lot of time with your uh, bodybuilding and weightlifting background, uh, you know, working on your physique and using disc golf, which is a very like 
fluid, loose, flexible motion. How do you kind of talk people through working out and disc golf? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a challenge for me to start out with, with like getting out of the muscling the disc, right? Because mm -hmm. um, for me, I was able to muscle the disc 350, 400 with really bad technique. And so while, while muscles can, or big muscles or powerful muscles can contribute to a good throw, it's right. more so about that leverage. And then they can be beneficial. Go look at like Ezra Adderhold. Obviously he crushes this, but you don't yeah. have to, you can be an angle master, like, um, yeah. like Eagle McMahon. And, yeah. and so, but whenever we're in the gym, we aren't necessarily training as much for performance or distance or anything like that, even though there are benefits and and we if we want to work on those benefits we can work more on just like speed strength so how how quickly i can move so moving quickly in the gym throwing things around mm -hmm. things like that uh, all of those are going to be beneficial but the time that i spent related to disc golf in the gym is different it's more so about rehab prehab and making sure that i'm training the muscles that i don't train during disc golf and so what you'll see me doing a lot of is focusing on the muscles that decelerate so for example, on forehands, we're really good at throwing in this direction, but what about practicing the deceleration and making sure that I've got control and stability and mobility through those joints? And so oftentimes, whenever we talk about training specifically for disc golf, there's a couple things. I mean, obviously, we'll train like the explosive and plyometrics and jumping and all of that, but right. I hone in more. Like I've coached a couple touring pros actually on uh, in disc golf, and we've honed in more on making sure that they're not going to be injured throughout the season mm -hmm. that's massive to make sure that we do yeah. and so all the time we're just we're basically training in the opposite direction of what their disc golf does for them so for backhand we twist in the other direction to make sure that we can do that so any of the mm -hmm. exercises that are doing that for you so anything that is external rotation anything that is going to twist you in the opposite direction in addition to like i said those performances is absolutely necessary to um make sure that you stay healthy especially if you're playing yeah. multiple rounds per week yeah for sure okay so sounds like to me it's you know there's obviously some weight involved here but a lot of it has to do with you you said rotation a lot sounds mm -hmm. like there's got to be some uh flexibility involved in that kind bit. of thing and you're looking more for focusing on movement rather than strength and weight and those kind of things right. you want to be able to keep those muscles loose um so is, does that, is that right? Is that kind of what we yeah. want to be focusing on? Yeah, and kind of what you said, like for me being able to, if I were able, I can't, but if I were able to squat 500 pounds, that's not going to help me near as much as being able to squat 300 pounds very quickly, you know, and just right. launching the weight up. That's much more useful for me because it actually changes the structure of our muscle if we want to go. If you want to go deeper into that, then right. you can, but it changes the structure of our muscles and make it so that they contract faster which okay. is kind of what we're looking for in disc golf is just power. You know, okay. you can see this is, I do this with all my baseball players as well. How fast can you move weight? Mm -hmm. And we aren't really working more on the top end of squatting 500 pounds. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Very cool. That, that is good to know. Um, it's not just the throwing motion we want to train. It's that recovery. It's the D the, 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 the uh, ooh, deceleration. Uh, of, of all those movements. So that is super helpful. So speaking of form, speaking of, you know, disc golf skills and working out and everything, let's go and let's talk about this skill that you've mentioned on your channel. 
I'll introduce it here and then I'll let you take it away. So on a recent Instagram reel, you talked about changing the way you do field work. And by changing the way you do field work, you meant spend time on the course, but you weren't talking about playing a full round of golf. You were talking about basically grabbing 10 discs or something of a similar stability or all the same molds and going to a specific hole with a specific shot at a local course. And you're like, you know what? Every time I come here, I struggle with this shot or this is just a weakness of mine. I need to work on this. So what are the benefits, the downside of instead of going to an open field and working on that skill, let's say you struggle with 200 foot approach shots. Why do you think it's better to go to a course where you can work on that 200 foot approach shot versus an open field? For sure. So I, I say for me, it's better. I feel like there's kind of two types of people. There are people mm -hmm. that are really good at being able to visualize obstacles out in a field. Right. I've never really had that skill. Like I, I could kind of say, oh, that leaf is one, one pole and the other is right. another pole or tree or whatever. And I got to throw through that or whatever. Right. For me, I was expending mental energy to be able to visualize those. And even though the field provides a lot of flexibility, especially whenever you're doing technique and, and, and like focusing in on one specific thing. For me, I prefer to go on to the course and say, for example, those 200 foot approach shots. I go and I find, I put myself in a, in a tough situation or a situation that I'd be in tournament and be like, man, this again, you know, and, yeah. and I bring a stack of discs. I bring different types of discs and stuff like that. And I, and I execute it multiple times because I've created this scenario, mm -hmm. whether it's from the tee box or somewhere in the hole, or if I've made it my right. own hole, I've created these constraints that I have to execute. Otherwise I'm going to get mm -hmm. immediate feedback on the hole. And so for somebody that struggles with like just visualizing a course in front of me, Right, it's right. so much easier for me to be able to do something like that. And um, it, it's not that it's necessarily better. It's just I, I I heard about field work all the time. And I work on like giant sweeping spike hyzers or distance or anything like that. But anytime I had to work on things like shot shaping, it was just an absolute pain because I was like, I think I right. did good. I can't really tell, you know, yeah. I have a, I have a yeah. leaf to be able to compare it to, but right. not, it's not quite the same. So uh, while I do think that field work is still important and should be in anybody's training regimen if they're trying to reach the highest level, I think getting on course and spending some time on the holes, especially the ones that you struggle with, maybe it's that straight 200 footer, you know, that, that seems to haunt everybody. That, that, that tends to be a very efficient use of your time. Cool. So definitely sounds like there's a lot of benefits. Do you think there are any downsides to... Um, adding this, like, you know, I don't know if this might be a perceived downside for you, but I initially think if I go to a course and I'm working on this one hole and I'm throwing 10, 15 discs, I'm like, what happens when somebody comes through? Play Kind of like, what are some of the downsides or your experiences with that kind of thing? So that if, when we all go out to the course, we kind of maybe know how to handle it. Yeah. So number one would be ideally don't pick a busy course. Um, like for example, Alex Clark is a course that's pretty close yep. to me. That's uh, yeah. pretty short. And I think it's the most popular course in Texas and yeah. I would never do any practice there. And it's just because I'm going to be in everybody's way. I'd much rather yeah. go across the street to town Lake where I'm going to have, if I sat there for an hour, I'll probably have 10 people go through me. And it, 
I just, anytime somebody walks up, I'm like, Hey, I'm just throwing, come on through it, please. Like most of the time I I haven't had anybody be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, no, nobody's like cussing me out for throwing 10, uh, 10 discs on there. You know, it's just remaining respectful and recognizing that the course is not just yours. And, uh, uh, I mean, it, it, some people will even laugh and be like, man, that's a lot of discs or something like that. And you're like, yeah, Yeah. a lot of practice, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) as you can tell, I'm speaking from experience, right? Right, right. uh, Oftentimes it's like, just uh, again, I have to remind you, don't practice. You don't have to practice from the tee box, but also don't put yourself in a really stupid position where like you're somewhere in a hole where nobody can see you and, and you're going to get either, either hurt somebody else or hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, as long as long as you're staying semi competent on the course, then mm-hmm. I, I think that it's it's just good to train on course. Uh, one of the one of the limitations I, I think that you asked this as well is also the benefit is that there's so many constraints. Is that mm-hmm. you sometimes your course doesn't offer a specific shot, right. and so you are going to have to get out to the field. So, like for example, I'm trying to play on tour, and there's aren't there aren't a, very many courses around here that have a 500 foot spike hyzer you know there's right. very few that have it actually or maybe yeah. i have to back up on the course or just go out to the field at that time limitations might be something like that to, right. to what your course has to offer but overall if you again if you're using both of them and you're staying mm-hmm. respectful on the course i think it's probably one of the best ways to practice very cool very cool so we want to implement so you kind of already hinted at this you know still doing field work uh traditional field work but how often should maybe somebody go to a course and work on a specific skill like this in, in uh, to replace going to a field and working on that skill? Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll talk about me personally, and then also my recommendations for other people because they're slightly different based upon your needs. So mm-hmm. for me, I'll go out to the field once every other week, maybe. And that's, primarily where my technique work is done. So if I need to go and break down form or I'm working on something specifically, and I say every other week, it can be upwards of like every six weeks, you know, uh-huh. anytime that I, I need a technique session. Um, recently, it's been my forehand that I'll go out to the field for a little bit more. And I'm just really trying to figure something out and hone mm-hmm. in on kind of what that problem is. On course, it's just going to frustrate me and it's not going to be something right. that's beneficial. But whenever I'm trying to develop a specific shot, I'm spending time on course. And so um it it just depends on what you need you know if your form is like my upper body's going this way my lower body's going this way sitting on a tee pad and doing 10 shots just to try mm-hmm. to get that shot shape it's probably not your biggest issue right. you know it's just it's being able to be self-aware and let's say hey listen this is my biggest weak point right now i'm gonna attack it until it's a strength and then i'm gonna mm-hmm. identify weak point number two and then i'll attack it as and make that my strength and yeah. so we, we talked about this actually in the classes in session. And so I kind of want to hint at it here, Yeah. It, which is um, basically we don't want to work on 10 things at once. <laughs> we yeah. want to work on one thing at once, which is huge. And we go into mo- much more depth on it in there. So I'll let them yeah. <laughs> go on there. To, yeah, to get no, I, awesome. I, I love the reference. And, and yeah, just that singular focus, you know, as I uh, was prepping for, for the show and getting these notes down, Yesterday, I went and played, and over the last couple of weeks at this course near me here in uh, Nashville called Liberty Park, it's like one of my favorite courses of all time. It's a little 10-hole course, but the shots are so unique and different. Um, for a while there, I was 
the one specific hole, hole seven, is an uphill backhand and hyzer. You could do a forehand uh, flat shot to hyzer, but really the, the backhand and hyzer is ideal for it. And I was always throwing it really well. But the last like few months, honestly, I've just been really struggling. And once I saw this video and prepping for this show and talking with you now, I'm like, that's right. I'm going to go to that course in one of these days. Yeah. And I'm just going to sit on hole seven. It's like a 190 foot hole, 170 yeah. foot hole. And just work on it because I've, I've lost the, the touch that I kind of need with it and got to figure out some of the timing. And, you know, and I've never thrown a lot of backhand Anheuser's to begin with. And so it's just going to be super helpful to be able to actually dial that in where if I'm on a field, I'm not going to have a 170, 190 foot uphill backhand Anheuser to work on. And so I'm super excited to take this skill and, and really work on that and those kinds of things. So what is what is the shot that you are currently working on when you go to uh, a, a course and are tackling something like, is there one specific skill, that one thing we're talking about that you're trying to dial in and really feel comfortable with? Yeah, for me, it's primarily been up shots right now, specifically those straight up shots of I've got a tunnel at like 200 feet, you know, yeah. um, it, you know, at Town Lake hole five is like my uh -huh. absolute nemesis hole. It's one that like, if you're going to be a touring pro, you have to be able to execute that shot. That needs to be second nature. You don't even need to think yeah. about it. Just get it done, you know? And so it's like, again, like we were talking about, I, I'm really, any, any of the holes that I step up to and I get that pit in my stomach, like maybe I don't hit this one. Mm -hmm. That's immediately where I'm going. Wherever I've got any fear, discomfort, anything like yeah. that, that's immediately where I'm running to. Same thing with like putting is if I really feel uncomfortable with downhill putts this past weekend at VPO, there were a couple downhill putts. I was like, yeah, I don't really like yeah. it. I've been I've been drilling the snot out of those. It's like a David Goggins yeah. uh, kind of thing where he's saying, <laughs> where, wherever, you, whenever your body tells you like, hey, you don't want to be there, that's where you run to, you know? Yeah. That's any of those shots. But for me, it's been those 200 foot straight shots, you know? Yeah. No, those are, those can be so intimidating too when you have just so much on the line. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, VPO, very, I, I've never, you know, for Am Weekend, I never got to play VPO, but I played Veterans Park, one of my, favorite texas courses so unique compared to what else is in the dallas oh, yeah. area and mm -hmm. so uh technically arlington i guess is where it would actually be but still yeah. such a cool course one of my favorites and yeah those downhill putts because there's so much more elevation there and it's not grass it's rock and dirt mm -hmm. and those missed downhill putts can be so punishing it's yep. funny because on the flip side i'm over here like okay when i think about my putting and i was just working on this earlier this evening uphill putts not and not not even something super steep like oh the the pin of the basket is is you know is where my head is but just like six to twelve inches the last couple rounds I played I've just been really struggling with those and it's been one of those like it's been struggling so bad that I literally went today and simulated yeah. <laughs> uphill putting yeah. to, to work on that and you know it's just I I love that idea of going to the field uh, excuse me going to the course working on a specific shot getting comfortable with that shot or at least finding the the disc that you have confidence in and and same thing with putting so um when you go to a hole and this will be i guess one of the last questions i have here for this skill when you go to a hole and you're working on this um do you bring only one mold 
and just throw that more because you're like, hey, this is my straight mid-range uh, for this 250, 270-foot shot. That, and I know I want to throw this disc for this shot shape. Or do you say, you know what? Let me also practice hyzer clipping an understable mid or a putter and maybe working on flexing an overstable mid or, or slowing down a fairway driver. Like, do you bring multiple discs with you to work on it? Mm -hmm. Or do you say, let me take this one disc for this one shot and just dial that in. How do you, how do you handle that? Sure. So I actually have two bags. Um, I have the luxury to be able to have that. I have a tournament bag and a practice bag. Tournament bag goes with me everywhere. So whether I'm, I'm actually pulling all the discs out and putting them into my practice bag, which has more space. So I mm -hmm. always have those with me because those need to be the discs that are my babies that are like, yeah. I know these discs, you know, yeah. so me going and, and grabbing a bunch of other plastic that I don't necessarily know with that right. isn't, isn't super beneficial. With that being said, taking duplicates or triplicates of uh -huh. each one of those can be really nice. If I know that I'm going to be going and working on straight mid-range shots, I'm going to pack in five, six, seven extra of those mid-ranges and then maybe a couple extra on either side of those. So like you were saying, add a couple extra flippy mids, mm. a couple extra overstable mids and just kind of figure out because sometimes you are trying to force a shot. Let's say you're taking a straight to overstable yeah. mid and you're trying to throw it straight and you realize maybe I should be flipping something up. And yeah. so I always kind of like try to work inside of kind of a bubble and area to, mm -hmm. and so maybe try a little faster, a little slower and just because that unlocks new capabilities for you. This is kind of also where it goes into trying out new plastic or trying your friends discs and stuff like that. Yeah. For example, if you if you don't have a tilt in the or if you've never thrown a tilt before, you're gonna unlock some new shots with that. You know, are they gonna be useful to yeah. you? Possibly. Probably yeah. not. One, of my buddy, <laughs> one of my buddies, Jaden, he threw his tilt three times this week and it makes no sense how wow. how it worked, but he made it work, you know? So um and it works really? for him. So it's like it, and dude, it, that's that's a whole different story by itself. But yeah. like it, but it, it's you it's also kind of an experimentation where Again, if I'm going to sit there and spend some time on it, I want to hit my what I know that I want to practice. But I, I'm going to throw a couple extra in there. They're going to be a little bit different and see if I can learn something new, you know, because maybe I figure out that that straight shot needs to be a little bit more flipped up. And guess what? Mm -hmm. Next practice session, I bring a few more flippy ones out there yeah. and I get up to that situation and I'm like, it's a straight 200 foot tunnel. Maybe I throw a flippier putter or something like that instead of throwing yeah. my straight one. You know, it makes it a little bit easier, something like that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you breaking this down, Gat. Okay, uh, this is super helpful. Changing the way we do field work, guys. It doesn't only have to be out in an open soccer field or, you know, baseball field, you know, in the outfield. You can go to the course and work on that. Take some discs, work on a specific shot. Do be careful, though. Like Kate said, don't be, you know, if you have a big dog leg and it's a blind corner, don't be chilling on that blind corner because the guys, the people coming up on the tee pad aren't going to see you. So be smart with it. There's a lot of benefits to it. Do be careful and uh, definitely check it out. I'm going to be working on, I'm super excited. You know, here in Nashville, we're central time, but we're so close to the Eastern time zone. The sunset today was at 447 and it's only going to get earlier. Yeah. So it's been brutal. So Monday through Friday, I'm pretty much just going to be at my home uh working on my practice basket and i got a net a pitching net that i've had for a year or two now and just throwing into that for 20 minutes a day and just working on those things but on the weekends i'll definitely be uh, taking advantage of some of these things so i'm super excited to work and i appreciate you Kate, uh, for going through all that 
guys, if you need any help with these skills, you can join my Discord server. You can send in videos. We have a great community there that's constantly helping people. Or you can send me a video on GiveGo and I can coach you, help you on whatever skill you might be wanting. And you can get your first session for free uh, with the code Regiro. Um, this it's in the description as well with the link there. Now, when we were talking about the disc golf skill, uh, Cade, we mentioned some straight mid ranges, maybe even slightly flippy, depending on how beat in they are. And a couple of days ago, I asked you, what is your favorite disc? And you said the infinite discs chariot. So I'm super excited that we are going to go ahead and review the infinite discs chariot. So, uh, with that, it's a five speed, five glide, zero turn, one fade based on flight numbers, what I saw on infinite discs. Now, outside of that in the, in the description, I have no idea how this disc actually flies, never held it. I've heard a lot of great things about it. So I'm going to let you take it away here, man. Um, talk to us about the chariot, what it feels like, um, what kind of uh, throws you like to do with it. Uh, what's your range for this mid range understanding that your max distance is uh, pretty high up there. So I think it's going to be a little bit different for uh, some people, but just kind of giving us an idea of like, Hey, if we want to try this, what is the idea, the ideal uh, range to throw it? So go ahead yeah. and take it away, man. For sure. So first off, like the neutral mid range needs to be your favorite disc because you can mm -hmm. do so much with it. Um, if you're, if, if you go back and look at any of your bogeys during the round, chances are you could have gone mid-range, mid-range and took it or taken a par. You know, that's just the reality of this. So um, that, that's why one of the reasons why it's my favorite. Um, so I actually have it here, the Chariot. The reason that I like it, really quick, rumor has it that this is the Discmania MD3. Feels pretty similar, flies pretty similar for me. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons that I like it is it kind of sits perfectly between a buzz and a rock. And so it has, a, it's like a buzz with a micro bead, if you will. And it's just okay. a, a little bit more overstable. And the reason that I like that for me specifically is my arm slot is a little bit flatter and I prefer to release things flatter rather than on hyzer and mm -hmm. flip them up. So that my preference is, is just like being able to hit them and leave them on an angle for the entire time. And then that micro bead kind of allows for it to start to slow down and will correct if i get over on it a little bit too much back to flat mm -hmm. so it's anytime that i need to leave a disc on one angle the entire time that this is the disc that i'm going to reach for and so um i'll bump up to a mid-range from anywhere anywhere from like 300 and, and i'll go all the way up to um again depending on the course of the shot all the way up to 400 for me but anytime wow. that like for, for me, a lot of times I'm using my putters like mid ranges because the putter stays in a nice narrow throwing column. But the nice yeah. thing about these is that I, I can stick them up in the air. And since they're wider, they're heavier there. Um, anytime mm -hmm. that there's wind, you're going to see me come out with a, a mid range. And so um, for me, this, this mid range, it fits my hand nice. And it's just, it's one of those ones I can just leave on an angle glide for days, like absolutely like rivals the buzz yeah. and glide. That was the only issue I have at the rock is it just didn't have enough glide for me. Okay. So this one sat really nice. Because I know in you that threw slot. the rock for a long time. I literally <laughs> sent you the uh the script and I was like, favorite disc rock question mark. So okay, so you, you like the yeah. chariot. Does it does it fly straighter than a rock? It's like a um, new rock. Also, so if it if compared to a champion rock three, I would say yeah, or a star rock three, it, it's a little bit straighter. 
um it, it's it's close like i said it sits right between a buzz and a rock so like that buzz um it, it they'll, they'll kind of flip up on you if you get them over they're going to stay over the whole time whereas yeah. this one kind of starts yeah. to come back to flat kind of like a rock would okay. um, to me it just married them perfectly in the yeah. center okay. so if you if you haven't really found a camp with the buzz or the rock like right. cherry it might be the disc for you okay very cool yeah so when you're let's talk about that, that slot in your bag with this so you have this straight mid-range that you feel like i mean you can throw it upwards to 400 feet so you can do a lot with this disc um how do you build around a disc like that um when you can throw it so far do so many different things with it i'm sure you know you can throw it on hyzer it might flip up but it's not going to turn over on you it sounds like it'll have some fade to it and Anheuser, it sounds like has enough stability and integrity to finish flat and not cut roll. So really this workhorse of a mid-range, what do you have on the sides of it to kind of um, compensate for what it can't do? How do you build around yeah, it? For sure. So I don't actually have anything more understable than it. And that's okay. just because I use the putter in that slot. So I'll use a proxy and a proxy is like yeah, hybrid between a, a putter and a mid-range honestly yeah. it's a three speed and it kind of um if, if i need to throw a shot that's flipping and turning the whole time then mm -hmm. i'm just going to go down to that putter as far as um on the more overstable I, I have a lucid x verdict which is something that i can just hit on annie and it is going to reliably come out and give me a little bit extra shape and then i go all the way up to a justice which is just a, a meat hook of a mid-range yeah. and that that's the one where if i need to put it on an extreme flex line Mm -hmm. And then, like, for me, generally speaking, I'm picking discs more so based upon what kind of torque they can handle, mm -hmm. as well as the shape that I want, and less less on distance, because I just with, with the capability, the, my, my distance capabilities and being able, I've thrown putters 400 plus feet before, and yeah. it's, that, sometimes it just doesn't, like, I, I even, I don't need to, to bump up to a destroyer to do something like that. So for me, I'm going to pick discs more so based upon the shape of them and less right. on the speed. And I, I, By the shape, I mean the shot shape and how they're going to fight right. and, and do things like that. So right. um, like maybe I bump up to an eagle, which is my straight fairway. If I want something that's going to float straight for a while and then hook up pretty decent at the end, you know, yeah. instead of being straight, yeah. straight, straight, keeps being straight, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of either side of them for me. Right. But yeah. I'm a little bit yeah. unique in that way, I would say. Well, no. you know, it's also one of those things where it's it's so cool listening to somebody um, that has more distance and power and to, and better technique, honestly, than I think w the majority of disc golfers. I mean, there's a reason why the a thousand and a thousand rated and plus and right around there, you know, nine ninety and plus, like it's such a small percentage of disc golfers. And it's just really cool to be able to talk with someone in that area because the way you build your bag is very different from the vast majority that, uh, of ways that amateurs are building their bag. You know, I even think about how different for me. I'm building my bag and I'm not thinking so much about, well, I can throw all of these 400 feet. So it's more about uh, shot shape. I'm thinking, no, I can't throw them all 400 feet. So what's going to give me more distance? Okay, this disc will give me more distance while still being controllable, and I'll be able to work it on a hyzer angle to get it to flip up and those kind of things. So, like, my brain isn't anywhere. Like, the, my strategy for 
building my bag is so different, but it's really yeah. cool to, to hear like, yeah, I can throw a putter 400 and a destroyer 400, but the way they're going to fly is going to be completely different. And so it's about shot selection, which is still yeah. very important for everyone, but it's very cool to get that insight and to just kind of hear um, someone who's sort of living that out and experiencing that when building their bag. Um, for sure. Very, very cool. Very cool. And, and a quick side note is, is yeah. I get to play with a lot of pros that are that are thousand plus rated and everything like that. Yeah. And not all of them have 600 in the bag. You know, not everybody yeah. has that or being able to throw a putter 400 feet. So it's not that you're necessarily required to do that. That's kind of mm -hmm. my play style. I like to hit gaps fast and hard, you know, and some people are really good at floating them up. The first person that comes to mind is like Freddie Mesa. You know, mm -hmm. he used to throw katanas, which if you know what a katana is, it's yeah. like a, a flippier race of sorts. I, I don't even think I could throw that disc with enough finesse to be able to make it do anything close to what I want it to do. And so it's like, right. oftentimes we see a lot of newer players picking discs based upon their favorite pro. And it's like, it's right. not about pick or throwing the disc. It's the, the disc that the pro is throwing is the best for them not for you you know so it's yeah. huge because like it, i i can't encourage people enough to not do what i do right rather to find yeah. what works for them yeah awesome well i appreciate that dude i appreciate that insight and guys if you want to check out the chariot you can go to infinite discs but this section is sponsored by otb and otb does have the infinite discs chariot so you can go ahead and go there and save on shipping with my discount code. So go ahead and check that out. I've been with OTB for three years and it's been awesome working with them. So I appreciate them. And uh, that's basically the show for, for this week, guys. Kate, super happy to have you on here. I really appreciate it. I know I've shouted out a couple of sponsors. Do you, I know you have a couple of sponsors. Before I wrap up here, go ahead and shout them out and let people know if they want to support you, who to, uh, who to reach out to. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm at Cade Taps on everything uh, on Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, and I might be starting up YouTube a little bit more here. I kind of want to do some more long form content content because I'm tired of doing 15 second videos. Yeah. It's hard to convey that knowledge. Uh, but Cade Caps everywhere. And then uh, a huge shout out to Armory Disc Golf. They've been supporting me for so long. Could not ask for a greater group of guys like um, just super awesome dudes. Yeah. And then the last one is the Hideaway Disc Golf Course here in Texas and you need to get a high level pro course. They now have two courses over there, super awesome. Highly recommend them, uh, both pro level courses, or well, one pro level, one a little bit yeah. shorter if you wanna get those ace runs and stuff like that. Yeah. Either way is a great place to go, but they support me, so I appreciate, of um, course. I appreciate you guys supporting the people that support me. Yeah, you guys might recognize Armory Disc Golf. We had another team member from Armory Disc Golf, uh, Tanner McCartney, on the show a couple weeks ago. So really cool how how uh, they're just building their Texas team. And, dude, I never got to play Hideaway before leaving. So I got to find a way to get there. I think by the time I left, it was, like, just a brand-new mm -hmm. course because I've just now been seeing. So I didn't yeah. have a whole lot of opportunity to go to it. But definitely I want to uh, find the – find the chance to get out there so thank you they also for have being golf carts man yeah i know i know i gotta play <laughs> some tournaments this upcoming year i uh i got a lot of work to do before that so thank you guys uh so much for listening and tuning into this show i really appreciate it here at teach play disc golf we do a couple things we want to always encourage you to go and teach someone disc golf be encouraging to them 
whether it's actually taking someone to the course and working with them and just having fun or just in a discord server on social media, just encouraging people, giving them some tips, helping out, go ahead and teach people how to play. And then make sure that you yourself go out and play some disc golf this week. Uh, I won't be playing until Saturday and Sunday, but you guys go ahead and play. It'll be too dark for me by the time I get off work, but make sure you play. And uh, that is it, everybody. Until next time, have a great round.